Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Morning, good morning, Lyle. Morning, morning. How are you this morning? I'm so good. Oh, really? Yeah, how are you? I'm amazing, but I'm always amazing. So am I. We are just amazing here on Faith <laughs> FM. Amazing and maybe slightly full of ourselves. <laughs> just slightly. What are you so grateful for this morning? Ooh, let me think. Where should I start? I am grateful for people who are buying my junk. Oh, yeah. How's your gum tree page I going? sold my first piece of junk yesterday. Not only one. I would have thought you sold like half a dozen of them so far. Uh, no, my gum, tree, gum tree's not actually doing anything for me. It's all on Facebook. Ah, oh, dude. Wait, wait, wait. I'm confused. You have both, yeah, both I, I, on Gumtree and on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, that's right. I put it on both. Okay. Maybe I've advertised everything on both. Maybe I need to have a look at your Gumtree and make sure you've done it properly to really lure the people. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because you know I'm a bit do. of a Gumtree you expert. Are, you are. Like, if you can't get it sold in the first 24 hours, like, you know. Really? <laughs> well, that, oh. for most, most pieces do sell that quick. You do have some stuff that'll take forever. I had a scarf on there one time for like three years. It did eventually sell for the price that I was wanting, which was praise the Lord. But yeah, sometimes it can take a while. But usually, as soon as it lists, it goes, people start messaging you. Well, about I've got it. a few nibbles coming through on Gumtree. Uh-huh. But, um, Maybe you just got to learn how to close the sale, Lyle. These are all things I can teach you. Uh, things to learn, eh? I have one, two, three, four, five, five nibbles on gum, Gumtree, that's all. Oh, just five nibbles? Just five nibbles. On how many items? Uh, 30. Okay, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> you should be inundated. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah I think is... my junk is different from your junk too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe your junk actually just is junk. Maybe you just didn't want to take it to the pen. <laughs> <laughs> Save the tip, please. Uh... <laughs> your wife's laughing. I think I'm onto the right track. <laughs> <laughs> this is possibly true. Maybe maybe, maybe a different kind of person goes on Gumtree. Yeah, but it is good to, um, to declutter and to... To get some order and some cleanliness happening in your house, isn't it? It is. And your garage, man. It is. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Sprinters around a, the corner. I sold a $150 item for 15 bucks. Oh, you're a generous lad, aren't you? Yeah. Do you have anything I might want for like cheap? <laughs> you got any like acrylic paint? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some two-pack. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But spring, back point. <laughs> nice. Spring is around the corner and it's definitely time to uh, do some spring cleaning. Great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app.
That was Chelsea Moon with Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. You're listening to Faith FM. This is the quiz for the day, and this is the first clue. All right, Lyle, I'm going to give you a little option here. Do you want a what city am I quiz, or do you want a who am I quiz? Go what city. I knew you were going to say that. Why did I even ask? I just can read your mind. Uh, what city am I? Do you want to switch your phone on silent like someone who professionally works in radio, Lyle? Because <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening My phone is on silent. Then what's the ding? It's not my phone. What is it? It's my laptop. Your laptop's dinging? Yeah. Laptops can ding? Yeah. See, now it's on silent. I didn't know that. Very unprofessional of you, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Disappointed with you this morning. <laughs> this, is, this is our very our, our very one and own Darren Pratt. Da- the Darren the Pratt. Darren Pratt. The Darren Pratt. Big Pratt. shout out this morning. Yes. Um, who was messaging in to tell us we had a uh, slight technical fault that is now gone. Oh, praise the Lord. And because we're, one of our other technical faults is that my work computer is not working and uh-huh. I'm using my computer... My computer dings. Your computer's a bit of a ding, is it? Now I've shut the ding off, so you know, we, we won't get to enjoy that anymore. <laughs> okay, let me, let us enjoy the breakfast Bible quiz. Okay, this is a what city am I? And the first clue is this. Paul rebuked Peter in this city because Peter wouldn't eat with Gentiles for fear of the Jews. Now we all remember that little controversy between Peter and Paul. We've actually studied it out before on Faith FM. But what city did it take place in? If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843 is our number. You can text 0491-064669. Okay. Lyle is correct. Yes, indeed I am. Yes, indeed. Lyle, I want to do something a little bit different this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reintroduce my segment. 
Okay. Because I think it's been a while uh, since since uh, we've started this segment and people might have forgotten what it is that happens in this segment. Or maybe people are new and they haven't heard it before. But this is the good news segment. And this is the time of the day uh, where we share some good stuff that's happening around the world. Because, you know, yeah, just often, something super positive. Yeah. Often when you tune into media, be it other radio or television, things can be very depressing, very dark, uh, very, you know, makes you very anxious. It can also be very salacious and, uh, and you know, not, not the kind of things that we want to focus our attentions on. So in this segment, we share really positive, lighthearted messages. Just, you know, in case you've woken up this morning and thought, is there anything still good happening? You know what? These are the times when uh, I'll tell you stories about maybe some uh, inventions, some, some progress in human technology, something great that humanity is still doing for humanity, or maybe uh, some amazing laws that some governments passed in, in you know, to keep, our, to keep our planet a bit healthier, taking steps in that direction, or maybe just slightly funny to have a bit of a giggle, because, you know, the Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine. And this is our little time of merriment. We have a little, have a little giggle. We, we explore some good news from around the globe. Uh, we check out some, some positive things that are happening instead of focusing on the dark and dreary. And hey, if you just want to hang out for the meteor stuff, that's not a problem. You can tune back in at 8 a.m. and we open the Bible and we do a heavy Bible study. But for now, this is a time where we're going to have some good stuff happening out on the radio. Fantastic. That was a, that was a great intro, Mon. Yeah. But do you know what? We've got to keep our listeners informed and keep them happy. And do you know what? Yes. I have got the most awesomest good news story. I had some other stuff prepared, but I heard this this Mon's morning. Mon's been busting to share this ever since she walked into the studio. Yeah. I was like, let's, get, let's <laughs> yeah. just go straight to good news this morning. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I've been just docking to get to this. I all had right, some other stuff right. prepared, but this study, this uh, this uh, report came out and I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this on the radio. Lyle, check this out. Check this out. So, you know that in 2014, Sydney introduced uh, the lockout laws? Yes, the Best result, thing ever. The results are out. Oh, really? The results are and, out. Yeah, and this okay. is just coming off the back of Dry July. And I want to congratulate and pat on the back everyone who gave a shot, who successfully or half successfully or even a little bit successfully managed to do Dry July. Yes, congratulations. Yes, good on you. And you know what? Continue being dry because it'll be the best decision you make. Absolutely. Um, so, of course, we are talking about alcohol and alcohol consumption. Um, so, uh, there's been a parliamentary inquiry into the city's nighttime economy, um, which uh, started this week and heard it's heard that half of Sydney's venues had closed since the changes in 2014. Alcohol venues. Yeah, which basically prevents people uh, from entering a venue in an entertainment precinct after 1.30am and mandate that last drinks are served at 3am. Okay. It's still really late at night or slash early in the morning. Yep. But you can't be, they can't serve drinks after that, which, which you'd think, well, that's not going to do much difference because 3am is super late. But this is this is You're just showing incredible. your age, Mon. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, do you know what? Because it, not only that, but entertainers had heard a hearing on Monday that in, in Sydney's international reputation had been uh, badly damaged because you know Australians do have a bit of reputation as being a bit rough. Um, you know, especially if we you, handle our alcohol really badly. Yeah, we're not I have, good with it. We are not good at all. Yeah, I was absolutely stunned and shocked. Um, one year when I was in Rio during Carnival of all things, mm-hmm. and of course everybody was, um, you know, completely smashed the whole time I was there. But there seemed to be a lot less violence on the streets than what you see. I, I don't know what it is wrong with Aussies, but anyway, we have a binge uh, drinking culture. We do, yeah, yeah. We do. We're not great at it, and even when we go overseas as tourists and we drink in other countries, we, we have earned ourselves a bad reputation. We do. Um, but the uh, let me see if I can get this name right. The NSWNAM. Um, 
has said there's been important public health benefits uh, coming out of this lockout. And I'm going to tell you the stats coming from one hospital, one hospital, uh, St. Vincent's Hospital in Darlinghurst, right? This is one hospital. Since 2014, Lyle, mm. not one single alcohol-related assault death has happened. No. Not one single Why? one. The number went to zero. Zero. Not a single alcohol assault rate of death happened in St. Vincent's Hospital since the lockout, since the laws have rolled out. In the, That's sensational. In the first year of the lockout, there was also 25% fewer presentations uh, for serious alcohol-related facial injuries at this hospital. Uh, over the two years, the number of facial trauma surgeries required because of assault have more than halved. Uh, one nurse wrote that the severity of aggression significantly decreased since 2014 because violence inside hospitals is an absolute travesty and it's yeah. something that should never happen. And since the lockout laws, they've been saying... People people do it and then they blame, oh, it was the alcohol doing it. Yeah. That's never an excuse. And we, no excuse we just have... We, like last week we had, uh, what was it, like 20,000 um, healthcare workers walked off the job and, 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 and protested because of violence mm-hmm. within their sector um, coming mostly from drug and alcohol, alcohol. related. Yeah. Uh, another nurse said, prior to the laws coming in, I was very much considering leaving emergency nursing. I would 100% be opposed to relaxing or removing the lockout laws. Oh, this is so The good. people who are this most behind so these are, are the people within the health industry, within the, within the uh, medical sector. Mm-hmm. Also, this one hospital, guess how much money it saved them? I can't even wait. Half a million dollars alone. Half a million dollars for one hospital due to reduction in ambulance and medical costs linked to fewer surgeries for fractures. That's incredible. I was thinking I was thinking it'd be losing the money because it'd be going out of business. No, they're saving themselves <laughs> half a million dollars. And this okay. is and this is not it. Like there's also um there is no evidence that the problem just moved somewhere else. So the next nearest hospital is Prince Al- uh, Prince Royal Prince Alfred yes. uh, Hospital in Camperdown and they said no, we haven't had any increase. Because you know you'd think, oh, maybe St. Vincent. Okay, so Camperdown, yeah, that one's that one's on the edge of the lockout. Laws. Yeah, yeah. So people thought, well, if it's not happening at St. Vincent, the problem just moved to Camperdown. So it doesn't really work. We should like you know reopen everything. But they're saying no, it did work because um, Royal Prince Alfred didn't have any spike, so nothing happened at Royal Prince Alfred. They're like the same. Yep. But um, in terms of uh, St. Vincent's plummeted. St. Vincent across the just, board. Just unbelievably good news for these guys. Um, so the. Uh, they well, Camperdown needs to step in and uh, have lockout laws in, uh, in their area and in uh, Newtown and all through there as well. So the NSW NMA, by the way, stands for New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. Um, so they're the, they're the ones that are really behind encouraging uh, not laxing these laws. They're just so thrilled with the results. It's a much safer workplace for them. Their job is easier. Do you know what? Just everyone is safer. Everyone is happier with these lockout laws. Um, I mean, apart from maybe the people who sell the alcohol. Um, so they, I think they're the only ones who are seriously complaining because if you want to stay out you know until three o'clock in the morning you can still stay out until three o'clock in the morning you know if you want to uh if you want to buy alcohol you can still buy alcohol and and i i haven't heard the average person complaining about this yeah. at all well the nsnma acknowledge opposition from the alcohol industry in central yes. sydney which is financially disadvantaged by the lockout laws and said the yes. rules should be rolled but they said the rules should still be rolled out across the whole of new south wales so that no particular yes. hot spots are unfairly disadvantaged um and in a separate submission uh paul prius who is the director of emergency at the hospital, he said, put it simply, the lockout laws have worked. When change happened, we saw it straight away 
<clears throat> and it's maintained change. Uh, oh. This is just this is wonderful. You know, and I've said community safety must be the priority. We can't be sacrificing. Yep. We are not a country who can handle our alcohol, so we have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. But community safety has to be the priority. It can't be like, oh, but the alcohol industry is losing money. No, community safety has to be the priority. Um, so this is wonderful good news. This is really this is, great. This is Mon thumping the desk oh, right so here. So happy about it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back everybody, that was Melissa Otto with Blue Sky here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another. Uh, what clue. city am I quiz? Yes, clue what city number am I? two. This is one of the first cities where the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number to call, and there will be a prize coming your way. 
Well, I'm so uh, I'm I'm so excited over your good news. I hardly want to get to my more serious news this morning. <laughs> Maybe I should do a, a uh, an intro for my news section since you did such an amazing intro for your oh, news section. But I'm not sure that I can compete with that with that one. <laughs> anyway, this is the time in the morning where we deal with more serious issues from around the world, uh, particularly issues of a religious nature or that affect issues of a religious nature in some way. First story that we're going to be looking at is a uh, decision handed down by the High Court here in Australia where they backed the sacking of a public servant over political tweets. And so public servants are have a – and this will be very interesting particularly as we follow the Israel Folau case where you have the Fair Work Act versus – um, the uh, uh, code of conduct. Yes. Which of these two documents is mm-hmm. the stronger legal mm-hmm. document? And when you become a public servant, you sign a code of conduct to remain apolitical in your communications. And so this particular person um, set up them set, set themselves up with an anonymous uh, Twitter account and was very political in their uh, statements. And as a result, they were fired for breach of code of conduct. Oh, that's murky. Oh, it's murky, all right. It is. <laughs> it is. This is. This I don't is, even know what I quite think about that. This is so murky. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, so of course, you know, she was fired in 2013. Um, Michaela Banerji, I think the pronunciation is, and um, suffered from some PTSD and some negative uh, consequences and lodged for workers' compensation. Mm -hmm. Well, that was denied based on the fact that she had been fired for breach of of, uh, uh, code of conduct. And so she then took it to the uh, Administrative Appeals Tribunal who found in favour of her. Okay. Okay, so the Administrative uh, Appeals Tribunal... Um, said that, stated that the code of conduct unacceptably trespassed on the implied freedom of political communication. Wow. Okay, so this is interesting. That's, yeah. Okay, so they're, they're saying this is unacceptable. You, you, you've impinged on, uh, you've trespassed on uh, the implied uh, freedom of political communication. What I find interesting about what the um, the Administrative Appeals Tribunal said was, they did not say that we had freedom of political communication. They said that we have implied freedom of political communication. Oh, mercy. And there is a difference between yeah, those two. Okay, so then it was appealed to the High Court of Australia. The High Court said, basically, there's no such right that exists, um, unlike the United States or Canada. Uh, here in Australia, you don't have any right Um and an implied right is not a legal right, and so they have uh, found against um, uh, and, and reversed the decision. So yes, yeah, now she gets no compensation for unfair dismissal in this particular case. Mercy. Now the one of the judges, and, and by the way, the High Court found this unanimously. Really. One of the judges stating that it casts a powerful chill. Over com- political communication. Yeah. Now we do need to be very clear here. This is for public servants. Yeah. Yeah. This is yep. not for you and I and the average person on the street. We can tweet to our heart's content about our political views. The question. And not get fired. And for not it. get fired for. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why that's why the media exists is mm-hmm. to express political views, and that's why we have a call in number one eight hundred three two four eight four three so that you can express your views as well. 
um, and that's what Australia is all about. But if you're a public servant, then you're not allowed to, you know, call us up and you know express your political views um, in this kind of in- environment. Which- which kind of makes me wonder, are we just being naive in thinking that public servants are akin to a robot and don't have any political views? Because we know that they do. Well, of course they Why do. Why should we gag them to make ourselves feel better, to make okay, ourselves so, feel so like the argument neutral? Is, yeah, the argument is that it gives uh, confidence in the bureaucracy and that that confidence will be severely undermined if we give them that freedom. My question is... Uh, if we look at the United States or Canada model, do they have any greater confidence in their bureaucracy than what we do? Where they have greater freedom and a public servant can state their political views. Um, you know, that would be something that would be worth discussing backwards and forwards. I don't see that there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. We both look at our politicians in much the same cynical kind of um, attitude, and w- whether it's here or whether it's there. So, you know, I, I think that... Uh, I'm I'm all for as much freedom as we can have. Um, but anyway, so it will be interesting to see how that then follows through in the Fair Work Act um, in relationship to religious freedom rather than uh, freedom of political communication and freedom of religious communication. There's a very different cattle of fish, a very different category that uh, they'll be dealing with um, when the Falau case comes through. I'm quite intrigued as to how it was they found out that it was her anonymous Twitter, Twitter account. Maybe she bragged about it. I don't yeah, know. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. She must have told someone who told someone to do something. Like, if you have a secret, you want to keep it a secret. The way to keep a secret is not to tell anybody. Yeah, well, you know, maybe something was said or maybe somebody suspected something and they just did a bit of forensic investigation. It wouldn't take much in forensic investigation to find out your Twitter account. I think, I think, you, I think they would be. I don't think you have the right to call up Twitter and say, hey. I tend to think that your brother could probably track it down. Oh, yeah, true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's some perspective for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mon's brother is my, uh, my my go-to hacker when I need a yeah. hacker. <laughs> yeah, let's not write him out there, right? <laughs> He's probably trying to stay anonymous live. <laughs> and here we are broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I might have just uh, lost my... Um... <laughs> anyway, moving on from there, the... Uh, let me see. What is it called? The ELCH Churchwide Assembly is meeting this week, and that's the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is one of the largest uh, Protestant denominations in America, has about three and a half million baptized members uh, across the United States. They're having their uh, their assembly, which is like their equivalent of our general conference. Yeah. So it's when they, they all get together and make decisions. Um, so there's 927 voting members and, um, from more than 9,100 congregations across the United States. Wow. All meeting together. So it's always interesting to follow these big church meetings and to look at the issues that they are facing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even to compare yeah, them with yeah, the issues absolutely. that we're going to face. We've got uh, where ours meets every five years, yep. and next year it will be meeting um, in, in Louisville, in, Kentucky. No, Indianapolis. Oh, sorry. Maybe I think yeah. about you. I see. Oh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay, yep, yep. That's In, right. Indiana. Indiana. Um, and so that one, yeah, it'll be, yeah, but, okay, so these are the, these are the top issues that they're going to be talking about. Gun violence. Okay. Immigration. Mm-hmm. Faith, sexism, and justice. Authentic diversity and an apology. Um, so they're going to be making an official apo- apology to people of uh, African descent for having uh, supported uh, slavery in the past. Wow. 
Um, and then a whole bunch of anniversaries. And I thought these anniversaries were very significant. So I'm just going to go through some of these These topics quickly. were pretty heavy and significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like a full-on topic. I don't think we're going to be discussing those ones at our GC. Yeah, women's not again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so it's the 50th anniversary of the decision to ordain women. Wow, okay, yeah. It's the 40th anniversary of the ordination of the first woman of colour. Wow. It is the 10th anniversary of the decision to remove barriers towards ordination of people in same-sex marriages. Mm -hmm. Um, It is 10 years, marks 10 years of full communion with the United Methodist Church and 20 years of full communion with the Moravian Episcopal Church and the Reformed Church in America and the Presbyterian Church and the United Church of Christ. When you say full communion, what does that suppose? That to means mean? that uh, full communion means that you can share pastors. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so, so like banding together, making one big church, kind of like the Uniting Church here in Australia. Okay, okay. But they still maintain their own uh, identity. To identity to, to say it's it marks twenty years. Man, this time went fast since the joint declaration on the doctrine of justification with the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-mm. That's the dodgiest one out of the, all of them. Um, and 25 years since the denomination declared declaration repudiating Martin Luther's anti-Semitic <gasps> and anti-Jewish stand. Why, why would you even celebrate that? Well, no, no, celebrating that they've done away with, that they're no longer anti-Semitic. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, that's actually a good one. That's okay. the good one. Yeah, yeah. I heard this at Martin Luther. I'm like, no, don't do it with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've done away with pretty much everything else that Martin Luther stood for as far as the Bible goes, but good to see that one go. Is coming.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. Joining me on the phone this morning is Kent Kingston from Signs of the Times. Kent, welcome to the show once again. Hey, thanks very much, Lyle. It's great to be on the show, um, and it's great to be talking to Australia. How are you going, Australia? It's fa- yeah, I, I think Australia's going well. Um, now, <laughs> of course, you're on here for your monthly update of yes. Signs of the Times magazine, of which you are the editor. Uh, Kent, That's right. What exciting articles do we have coming up in this month's edition? Look, Lyle, August, the, the August Signs of the Times uh, issue is an absolute cracker of a magazine. I'm really excited about it, looking forward to um, you know, seeing what sort of response we're, we're going to get from it. I mean, kicking off from the front cover, you know, got this incredible cover. Um, it's a photo by Ken Duncan, you know, the legendary oh, yes. Australian... Yeah, legendary Australian uh, landscape photographer. Um, you know, he gave us the the panograph. You know, that that panoramic um, lush Australian landscape. But it's not one of those in the front cover. It's a great shot he's got of a um, a, a bunch of Aboriginal kids taking this really excited selfie. Just the the smiles on their faces just is incredibly contagious and um yeah he he talks about it in our cover article he talks about his his journey his search for meaning and search for truth and all the sort of different things he tried you know buddhism and witchcraft and aboriginal spirituality as well but um it he just said you know these landscapes just kept speaking to him god kept speaking to him through these landscapes and he felt you know there has to be something there has to be created behind this incredible creation um so yeah he he talks about his work talks about his faith he talks about his passion for um for indigenous people particularly in those sort of remote central desert communities and um yeah and his uh, his work out out there with them okay so i know ken duncan for his photography are you a photographer Hmm. kent uh look I enjoy photography. I have a good eye. I can see, wow, that is great. That will, that will take a good photo. I can frame it up. But put a camera in my hand um, and I will say, I will hand it back and say, put it on auto mode, please. <laughs> um. <laughs> so you and I are on the same page right here. And one of the things that, yeah. uh, you know, and this is what I appreciate, you know, I think landscape photography has got to be the most challenging type of photography there is. Um, and wow, imagine, you know, having, you know, the moment you mention Ken Duncan's name, it's just, you know, all of these, you know, beautiful images come to mind. But I, I did not realize that he has a story to tell. So I'm super excited to, oh, yeah. uh, to hear his story, his journey of faith. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he really does. He's, he's a great guy, full of, he's quite bubbly, quite, um, quite passionate, actually. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, when you are a landscape photographer, you have to, you know, spend hours sort of out there waiting for the light to be just right and to be, you know, very patient. But, um, there's, yeah, there's an energy to him as well. It's, yeah, he's, a, he's a cool guy. You mentioned that he's doing work in the outback. I was unfamiliar with this. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, he says it's his favourite part of Australia. Um, loves the landscapes out there. Um, look, I mean, that, we got he a works, bunch He works of with um, Aboriginal uh, children and this kind of thing as well? Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, he's helped set up an, an organisation called the, uh, the Walkerwild Foundation, I think, um, that works in the community of Hearst Bluff, which is sort of west of Alice Springs there. And... Um, He's basically there helping uh, some kids and young people there to learn uh, skills of photography, of filmmaking, of uh, music recording and production and some of these sort of creative 
sort of uh, skills that often the technology is not out there in those remote communities to, to give kids the opportunity to, to explore those, you know, sorts of um, modes of creativity. So, yeah, he's um, out there and his organisation is out there resourcing them and, and helping them to, you know, tell their story their way, you know, using those technologies. Yeah, I was recently out in that uh, region myself, enjoyed it so much. And there is a tremendous need, you know, the outback outback communities. Uh, they, as you say, they just don't have the opportunities that we have. So, yeah, sounds like sounds amazing. What else have you got coming up in uh, in the August edition? Oh, look, all sorts of stuff, mate. Um, we've got uh, an article on uh, on back pain and a bit following a, an NRL player in, in particular. We've got a, um, a story uh, looking at the Game of Thrones, which um, just recently wrapped up its Season 8, and I think the DVD release of that Season 8 has been put off till just before Christmas, so there's probably a bunch of people... <laughs> I wonder you know, why have, that is. <laughs> yeah, so I know it was going to be all. It was going to be this month, but they've put it off till <laughs> till early December. Funny that. So yeah, so that we're looking at that. We're looking at you know what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? There's some health stuff there. Um, you know, foods that are good for you and your skin. Um, we've got a, a great article um, from New Zealand actually. Um, uh, there's a, a Danish lady there, Kirsten Esther Lundqvist, who um, her interview is actually coming up um, pretty soon on Faith FM. On our um, our weekly podcast, you know, I hope your listeners are aware of that. The Signs of the Times Radio. So yeah, Kirsten talks about her experience of moving from Europe to New Zealand and the cultural differences that are there. But it really sort of highlighted for her, um, even though she sort of came as a professional, um, uh, you know, a, a business migrant. To some extent, she's started to understand what it must mean to be a refugee, for example, you know, where you have to confront a new culture, a new language. And uh, she, she writes some really challenging stuff about encouraging us to put ourselves in the shoes of another person to imagine, you know, what it must be like to ha- actually have to knock on the door of a country and say, hey, you know, I, I need your help. Um, and yeah, she gets, she's a pastor too in New Zealand, so she gets quite biblical too. Um, you know, looking, saying, hey, these are biblical themes. Um, you know, Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And what does that mean when it comes to an asylum seeker or, or a refugee? Absolutely. I think this is a super important issue that we've actually been talking about recently in our Bible study period here on Faith FM. And mm. it's been interesting to hear some stories of people who have gone to another country but not as a refugee and just how challenging that can be in Mm -hmm. a more perfect set of circumstances and then you add in all of the uh, challenges of being a refugee that you know and 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 coming from a uh, an undeveloped country to a developed country we really have no idea just how challenging um, a, a circumstance that can be. And I think that um, we need to recognize that and we need to do everything we can to, you know, to make these people feel welcome and to integrate them into our society and whatever way, whatever way we can do, whatever we can contribute, you know, simply by yeah. getting to know them, get to know their name, get to know where they come from. And so you're going to have a fascinating time doing so. So, I'm, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the stories that she, she mentions in her article is a. Uh, fairly recent uh, experience 
in the um, in the Netherlands, um, in the Hague, there there were there was actually a, a refugee or asylum seeker family there that was basically on the brink of of being deported, um, you know, back back to their country. And um, this church, I guess, saw that as as being an unjust outcome to their situation. And it turns out that in the Netherlands, there's uh, a sort of an obscure law of sanctuary that says that the police. Uh, authorities cannot enter a church and arrest someone during a church service. So what this particular church did is that they said, well, let's just not stop the church service. So they held an uninterrupted worship service um, all the way from November, of, so sorry, October 26 last year, um, all the way till January 30 this year. So, you know, okay. months long, 24-7 church service, um, yes. so that basically the police, you know, couldn't come in to, to arrest these people. I love it, Kent, and uh, I, have to, I have to ask the question, did they get into the Guinness World Book of Records? Because I if they didn't, know. they need to apply for it. I think that, you know, something like that would yep. just be an amazing, uh, not just an amazing world record, but an amazing statement yep. to have in, you know, you're going to world book of records. It's like, uh, the church that put in the most <laughs> effort anywhere in the world to help out a refugee it's, family. It's pretty impressive. And that was 96 days of, of uninterrupted worship. In <laughs> I love they it. Had, yeah, pretty impressive. They had um, like ministers from different uh, denominations sort of come in and tag team it. Um, you know, a relay twenty four seven. You know, and obviously other people coming in to be part of the congregation. Um, I don't know if it would beat the Guinness World Book of Records because, of course, there are all those sort of convents and and monasteries out there that have the you know perpetual devotion I you know sort so. of going on. So you know, they've been doing it for I don't know what decades, maybe centuries. Who knows? So they'd be pretty hard to beat. Um, but this is is pretty incredible, and basically it did raise the the issue you know, a sort of a non-violent, um, uh, of uh, an interesting, attention-grabbing way to to draw attention to this issue. And in the end, the family was told, "Okay, well, we'll we will postpone your deportation. Um, let's review your case. Perhaps we've uh, missed some a few things here." So, yeah, I I, I really like their cheek to um, you know to stand together with with you know the least of these, which is a phrase that Jesus used. You know, yeah. um, those who are at the bottom of the pile and to say, you know, we, we're going to use our time and our efforts and our resources um, to, you know, not to break the law, um, not to be violent, um, not to be angry, but uh, merely to stand together with, with these people. Um, yeah, I just, I, just, I just wish, Kent, that uh, I'd been traveling through the Hague. Uh, in the Netherlands, um, while that was happening, I would have um, definitely stopped in and put up my hands like, hey, I'll preach for now, just let me go. <laughs> would have been a fun experience, but um, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Okay, we've got a little bit of time left. Tell us about Game of Thrones. Um, in, a Christian, oh, okay. in a Christian magazine, we have yeah. a story about Game of Thrones, which is often yeah. seen as being, I guess... Um, Somewhat the opposite of our uh, of our last story of having a ninety six days of continuous worship. <laughs> Look, and and I have to tell you, Lyle, um, when I heard, you know, I heard it was a phenomenon when it first sort of kicked off, and but I was I was told, look, you know, it's, there's a fair bit of violence, there's sex, there's nudity, and I just thought, nah, it's it's not for me. Um, I, I don't need to go there. But I, I mean, you don't have to watch it to to have. 
to realize that this has been a cultural phenomenon that has just, you know, swept the world and so many people have been following this. Um, and, and I guess that's sort of how we're, we're trying to plug in to people and, and to ask, to ask them, hey, what is it about Game of Thrones or about shows like it that keeps pulling people in? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's the, um, the, the author of, of the article says, Mark Hadley, he's a, a cultural commentator and a, um, and a film critic. What he says is, you know what, we live in a world these days where People are really searching for meaning, you know. We have billions of options in front of us. Um, hey, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, do whatever you want. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of right and wrong and of purpose and what we should and shouldn't do, um, you know, morality is very much up for grabs right now. And that has left a lot of people feeling very, um, what, rootless, would you call it, very aimless, um, wondering, you know, what is the point? Um, when you watch a show like Game of Thrones, however, these sort of things start to be brought into stark um, stark relief, you know, to, to recognise, wow, there really are good guys here, there are bad guys here. There are people who are putting their own self-interest aside, uh, they're sacrificing in order to achieve a greater purpose, you know. So there is a sense of purpose, there is a sense of meaning there. And, um, and, and what Mark Hadley says is, you know, Game of Thrones is tapping into that deep need that we all have as human beings for meaning and purpose. It's, it's an echo of, of the cry of our hearts, you know, for, for what we actually need. Mm, fantastic. Hey, uh, Kent, amazing stuff that you've got having, happening there in uh, Science Magazine. How do we get hold of our copy of Science Magazine? Well, the simplest way, Lyle, is just to jump on our website, which is signsofthetimes.org.au. Um, so, yeah, you can subscribe there. You can also donate there uh, because what, what we try to do, we like to, we really believe in our magazine. We like to get it out to public venues where people can actually pick it up for free. And like just recently, uh, this month, the August issue, um, I just got an email yesterday from Newcastle Airport in uh, New South Wales there. Um, and they said, yep, your magazines have arrived. So, Signs of the Times magazine is now at Newcastle Airport in no. their, um, sort of in their information rack. So, yeah, if you want to donate to that sort of, uh, um, it's also available project, in my- my local shopping centre at Green Hills in uh, Maitland there. It's Maitland, so just just saying that. Are they really? Oh, absolutely. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's fantastic. See, that, that's what we like. That's really, we encourage that kind of behaviour very strongly. <laughs> okay, so, so, uh, yeah, so... So, signsofthetimes.org.au, that's, that's your starting point. Right, so we can subscribe there. We can subscribe for a friend. We can uh, do a bulk order. Yep. We can sponsor yep. a, a, a signs rack somewhere. Um, yep. And we can get these magazines spread all over the place. Well, that's right. And if you have a specific, you know, project in mind, like a, a science rack in a particular location, um, our contact details are there at the website. So yeah, absolutely, send us an email. Um, you know, give us a call. Uh, let's try to figure something out. Fantastic, Kent. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks very much. He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you've strayed from the fold and there's trouble in your soul, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When your soul is lost in sin and you're at your journey's end, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Calling you. Calling you. Calling you. Calling you. Can't 
to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. How's it going, everyone? This is Mon and Lyle from The Breakfast Show. Hey, Lyle. Mm? I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is God for real? That's a really good question. In fact, it is such a good question that ex-atheist, devout atheist Peter Watts is doing an entire series of presentations on that very subject, answering some of life's deepest questions. Are you serious? Can I go to this? You certainly can. It starts this Friday night, the 19th of July at 7pm and runs every Friday, Saturday and Tuesday night. Do I have to pay? Where can I get a ticket? It's for free. Simply call 0488. 588955 While I will see you there We've buried dreams Laid them deep into the earth Behind us said Our goodbyes At the grave But everything reminds us go on How do we go on We will sing to our souls We won't
Yes. 